me. Summer, he's happy. I'm happy. Is that why you're doing this? You don't want me and Rick to be happy? No. Well, then get your shit together. Get it all together and put it in a backpack. All your shit. So it's together. And if you gotta take it somewhere, take it somewhere, you know? Take it to the shit store and sell it. Or put it in a shit museum. I don't care what you do. You just gotta get it together. Get your shit together. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the No Boundaries Podcast, where facts are facts and opinions hurt, truly hurt people's feelings. It's Jay, it's Welly, and the F stands for... Uh, I wasn't ready for that this time. I know, like, it's, oh, not, okay. it's not, when we re- originally recorded this, the F stood for Friday the 13th. Yes, it did, it and did. I guess it could just mean for fucking up, because that's what we were doing. Or it could stand for festival. Ah, good one. Festive Welly. Festive Welly. Welly. Welly Festarelli. Oh, no. No, that was too much. That was too much. Too much. Okay. I tried. Wow. Well, live from Austin, Texas. Live from the state capital. Yeah. Does it feel like the state capital? What does the state capital supposed to feel like? Houston. I just feel like when you're in Houston or when you think about Texas, you think about Houston or maybe even Dallas. People don't think about Austin like that. It's, you know, I don't know. Also, doesn't feel like the state capital to me because it's of, of, of the, how do I say, the culture out here. It's just, it's, 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 it's too liberal. <laughs> and this is a very red state. Very red. And this motherfucker is the very opposite of what you would expect from a very red state. And, uh, and let alone the state's capital. Man. That makes sense. Uh, I can see that. I guess they just, rebellion is better at the front door. Hey, that's what they say. Uh. Whoever they are, whoever they are, just let me know when you're. Just let me know when you're ready to start talking about Jay Z. Oh God, well, I mean, we can go straight into Jay Z right now because of the simple fact that I mean, that was a that was one of the reasons why the intro was to me was kind of perfect because get your shit together, and um, I was listening to the uh, to the four forty four album the other day and I heard the song Legacy, and um. Not only legacy, but the fact that I'm just listening to that, that Jay-Z album in, in total anyway, and I'm just like, he's he's constantly, well, one of the main points of the album was him his focus on if we want our community to be better, we need to focus on financial freedom. And in the original recording of this episode, <laughs> we, we, we got on it, and I, and I mean... I, I can say I got some clarification, but, I mean, obviously, the people don't know what the fuck we talked about. So, the question is now, as you being a person that is into finances, um, you deal with money, so you know a little something something. Just a little. Just a little. I, I know you don't want to tell the people too much, but my thing is, what does financial freedom look like? I mean. Okay. First of all, there are very few people who are truly financially free. And in my definition of financially free, it means you own your vehicle. No, you're not making any payments. You own your home. You're not making any payments. You don't have any outstanding debts anywhere. That is my definition of complete financial freedom. Now, to bring it on a more community aspect as far as the minority community, because I'm not just going to say the black community. Actually, I'm going to say the upper middle class and lower. Okay. Because... Once you've reached out of that upper middle, I mean, that upper middle class, you have 
either the capabilities to be fi- completely financially free or you are completely financially financially free. So for the upper middle class to be quote unquote financially free, I would define that as you don't have outstanding credit card debt. You're possibly making car note payments, probably making car note payments, depending on the lifestyle that you live, because there are, I think I know like two millennials that are okay just having a car to get them from place to place. Mm-hmm. Of most of us, me included, have something that they consider fancier. Yes. And you know, it is what it is. But um and if you're make you have a house, you're making payments on it, some most of us don't have houses. Yes. Most of us, you know, apartments, roommates, whatever, what have you. So when I say financially freedom, as far as our level goes, I would say that that means you have no outstanding credit card debts. You're paying for everything you're buying, you're paying for. Of course, you buy a vehicle, you're spending 20 plus thousand. So you're definitely probably financing that. So if you have, I, I consider that being your only debt as being financially free. Okay. So in other words, in order for the black community to get their shit together, they need to be in a situation, they need to be in a situation that allows them to to spend money and actually make purchases. They need to be them. in a situation where they're spending their own money. Bottom line. Bottom line. And, and, and that's for anybody. Black community, white community. Okay. That's how that's how people get money and keep money because they only spend the money that they have. It's They don't have 15 credit cards, and they're like, oh, well, this one still has money on it. You know, yeah, let me go ahead and put these concert tickets on here. Let me go put these new J's on here. You know, they're not doing that. Credit cards are for emergency use only, and people Basically. are using them for emergencies. But more than likely, people that we know use credit cards for fun. Oh, yeah. They use them for everyday purchases because... For, for status. Basically. And then more than likely, they're living above their means if they're using their credit card outside of an emergency. And, I, and, I, and I, I'm saying all this, and I'm not saying it from like a high and mighty position. Of I'm saying not. I'm of saying it not. because I've lived it. Yeah, I've I mean, had the credit card debt and it's like, oh shit, this is getting out of hand. Let me, let me scale back. Mm-hmm. I'm only going to buy what I can afford. If I can't afford it, I'm not buying it. I'm going to pay all this stuff off that I've already bought, and I either A, have it, or it's, I've bought it and it's gone, and I'm still paying for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That happens quite frequently. Okay. So I'm, I'm not trying to sit there and be all high and mighty of course to, not. to anybody that's listening. You know, I'm, I'm speaking from experience. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, uh, like I said, I always, you know, as black men from Houston, Southerners, I always focus on the black community because especially in, in the South, te- Low key, the black community, you it feels large out here, but at the end of the day, on a national scale, it's still thirteen percent. So no matter where we go, the, we're the minority. Mm-hmm. So my, when I in in dealing with the minority, I already know that the education level isn't the highest. We don't have the best, we don't have the accessibility to the best education system. So therefore, you have niggas like Diddy out there talk preaching financial freedom. You got Jay Z out there preaching about financial freedom, and I'm just like, you know, how do you get there, like? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Diddy wants to buy the NFL, which is probably impossible. It's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible. Uh, he can't do it alone. He, he can't do it alone. So therefore, he he's even in a situation to where he's not. He's trying to spend money that he doesn't have, you know. And I and I and I remember you telling me the other day it was like, well, you want to be in a position to where if they do lend you money, they know that they can get it back with no problem because you you have it like that. You have 
you have money. Like like in the in the story of OJ when Jay Z says, you, you know what's better than throwing money at the strip club? Credit. credit. Yeah. And it's not like having credit cards, it's having a good credit standing. Yeah, yeah. As far as your credit score and knowing that even if your credit score is lower, like in the six hundreds. But they want to look at that report and see, and I'm, and this is coming from a financial position. Uh-huh. When I look at credit reports and stuff, I want to see that you're paying everything on time. On time. On and time. Yeah, definitely. And even if you're just, if, and you can, there's two things about paying things on time. You can pay things on time, and you can pay things on time and more than the minimum. If you're only making minimum payments, it's like, okay, why aren't you making more? payments like why aren't you adding more to this debt why aren't you trying to get this debt off of you faster yeah, yeah. can you only make the minimum payments because if you can only make the minimum payments i'm going to be skeptical to towards lending you more money in the future in the future because like you barely making these minimums like you hidden you paying on time but you're just making the minimum payment gotcha. you know you're not decreasing this debt any faster no. but you're trying to take on new debt yeah, yeah so that good credit standing lets people know especially if you go to the bank for a loan or anything like that it's like okay this person has Good credit, or they have okay credit. Let's say their credit. Let's say their credit is okay. Let's say you're a six twenty. Credit's okay. Um, there's one thing you didn't pay. You know, you got one derogatory thing on here. It's a medical bill, whatever, what have you. You haven't paid that. You're behind on that. Okay, but let's look at everything else. Your installment. You're paying your rent on time. You have a car. You're paying that on time. You're paying your credit card bills on time. It says the minimum payment is twenty seven dollars, and you're paying fifty dollars every month. You're you know you're actively trying to decrease this this debt. Okay, now I see that. You are showing me that if I invest this money in you, I'm probably going to get it back. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if I show up and I see your credit score, you got a 550 and you're not paying anything back. You got these student loans that you're not even attempting to pay, you know, and you have other accounts that have gone in the default. And it's like, but you're trying to get me to say, oh, well, I'm going to pay you. Where's the proof? You're not paying nobody else. What makes me think you're going to pay me? So, so in other words... In, from the whole, from the when I look at it from the from a bigger scope, the 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 message behind financial freedom is aimed at us because a lot of us are dependent on on that situation. A lot of us can relate to that situation, trying to get a loan on top of a loan on top of a loan. Mm-hmm. And we, I mean, so basically, we have an answer. We have an answer, but we have no strategy. Pretty pretty much. And that's that's always and it's, it's like it's like all right, we're gonna I'm gonna get this loan. I'm gonna get this loan. I'm gonna get this loan, and then. I'm just going to pay bare, bare minimums for five years. And hopefully I'm going to get out of debt. Hopefully nothing happens in five years that's going to require me to use any of my credit. Yeah. And that's that's wishful thinking. Anything Very can wishful happen. wishful thinking. You know, so, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I, I definitely have a better understanding. I, I, I know we went to a, a, a black-owned business this morning to eat breakfast. So, as we were sitting there talking... I remember uh, looking at my phone and my son was asking me something about money and I'm sitting there like, I always tell him, you know, hey, if you if you got a hundred dollars, don't go out and make if all you have is a hundred dollars, don't go out there and make a hundred dollar purpose, uh, yeah. a hundred dollar purchase. It makes no sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you if you have a if if most of if all of your income or all of your you know your budget your savings your or savings, whatever whatever your budget off your purchase a purchase you make shouldn't drain your whole budget. No, not you at know, all. It just doesn't make not sense. one solitary purchase. Yeah, and what was just, I forgot the Jay Z quote already. What was it? Oh, it's an, an alleged quote that says in an interview, I couldn't find the clip, but it says, you don't have enough money to buy anything unless you can buy it twice. Yeah, and I mean, although I'm not going to sit there and say, oh, a person needs to be able to buy a car twice. But at the same time, if if they're telling you, hey, in order to get this car, the minimum down payment is 1500 you should better put 3000 down. 
Or when you put that fifteen hundred down, you should still have fifteen hundred left. You sh- yeah, you and, should. And then, you shouldn't spend fifteen. You shouldn't spend it all. Yeah, you know, and, and I just think that's you know that's a, that's a start that just lets people know right off the bat, like I don't need to make purchases where I go broke. It just doesn't make any sense. Like I don't care. Like living check to check. I mean, all of us have experienced that. You know, maybe once or twice in our life. Some longer than others, but at the same time, like living check to check isn't cool. Because once again. Man, a flat tire can occur any time. Right. You know. And then $50 goes a long way. Shit. You know, like, for real. Like, people, I, I know, I had a coworker the day, just got a new car, and, like, he went to go get an oil change, and um, they didn't put his cap on right. So when he was driving on his way, I was about after having his car for maybe two months, his shit, his shit uh, caught on fire. I'm like, you know, he doesn't own this car. Yeah. You know, so it's like. You're in a situation that you don't predict. Like you just cannot predict every single situation. I mean, you can you could plan for the worst, but still, you could miss something. You know, we're human. Yeah, and like you said, you don't you you're not going to dealerships like, oh, I'm about this twenty thousand dollar car. I need to have forty thousand dollars. No, of course, because not. you're you're going to finance it. But in my advice and my personal opinion, I think if you're going to finance something, you need to be able to put twenty to thirty percent down. Yeah. That way, especially on a vehicle that's going to depreciate as soon as it touches off the lot. So you're trying to get ahead of it a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But, um, yeah, like I said, I'm always always for, if you're going to tell me something, provide me with a strategy. I mean, because I I think, like, it it, it goes back with, with, you know, Jamel Hill, Colin Kaepernick, what all these people are doing. Like, they they have something that they want to bring awareness to. They have... They know that they're mad about something, but what is the plan? Mm-hmm. You know, like, I constantly hear, you know, and, and, you know, once again, beating a dead horse, but it is what it is. Um, I see Jamel Hill. Yeah, I feel sorry for her, but at the same time, I can't do what she does. I can't go to my job and bring my political or religious beliefs into my job. And then. And apparently she can't either. Yeah, she can't either. She learned that the hard way. You know, a lot of people get in these positions, which the position she's in is a privileged position, dog. There's a lot of people out there that would die to be an ESPN anchor and have their own show. There are a lot of people out there that would die to be football players. And that's and that's where people, uh, that's where the, the message gets, you know, twisted because people only want to see one thing. I'm well aware that a football player is in a privileged position, but at the same time, we're in America, and I'm aware of this football player's skin color. I'm aware of this news anchor's skin color. So I know they're trying to do the best for their communities, but at the same time, I just feel like they're going about it the wrong way. You know, and it's not the wrong way as in, oh, you're protesting wrong. I'm saying you're going about it the wrong way as in, where are you leading us to? What's the end goal? Just to be outraged? What happens to a person that's just, you're just mad all the time? Where does that get me? Just being angry all the time. It makes no sense. My my question to all of this is is what's next? Exactly. Like Cap showed you what's next. Everybody else, I haven't seen much. I did I did see the interview with Doug Baldwin where it's like, okay, this is what we do in Seattle on my off days. You know, we're actually out here being. Active. If you have the financial uh, freedom, if you're financially free enough to to actually do what Kaepernick is doing as far as buying backpacks for people. Um, Paying off, um, like doing like Chance the Rapper is, does, buy movie theaters when certain movies come out. You know, if you have the money to do things like that, then I believe, if anything, you have the solution. Even, 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 it's not even a monetary thing. Like, 
my, myself, I could go to a boys and girls club. Of course, I could I could enter the Big Brother program mm-hmm. and like provide that guidance time to time. Time time is money. It's <laughs> very true. So like I can provide that guidance so that guys that kids aren't growing up and thinking like you know there's nobody there for them and that they have to turn to a life of crime because that was the only life that was offered to them. Of and then you That's know why I respect AAU coaches and shit like that. Like I mean, people don't understand how important it is. I mean, people. You know, I, I know I was talking shit about parents grooming their kids to go to the NFL, but I'm not saying that grooming your kid to go to the NFL is a bad thing. I'm just saying don't don't bite the hand that feeds you. Because at the end of the day, you're grooming your child to go to the NFL, but at the same time, you're saying the NFL is the devil. But at, at, and, and also, I respect the AAU coaches simply for the fact that the AAU coaches, the, the uh, Pee Wee Warner coaches, I mean, yeah, not all of them have good intentions, but the the mere fact of your child being engaged in sports rather than being in these streets is a big, big deal. <coughs> and when, uh, what was that, a sneeze or a cough? It was dude? a cough. What cough. the fuck, man? Yeah, I thought, it was, show I thought it was going to be a sneeze, but it came out as a cough. <laughs> hey, that's very unprofessional, man. You take that shit to another room where you got to do stuff like that, all right? <laughs> no, but seriously, in all seriousness, I think the, uh, the rate of kids that get you know, imprisoned or 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 um, just stay out of trouble. Period drops like significantly, like fifty to seventy five percent when they're engaged in these physical activities, these after school programs, these extracurricular. You activities. have something to look forward. Yeah, to. Yeah, you know, I mean, Idle Time is the devil's workshop. So, I mean, I remember, you know, once I started getting in trouble when I was young was when I re- totally removed myself from all that, from all the extracur- extracurricular activities that were associated with legitimate programs. So. Start more programs for these kids, and we don't just have to start sport programs. We can start little little lawyer lawyer programs. Have more have more little kids going to. I mean, it's so many in 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 the black community. If you see a black woman or a black man that's a lawyer, you know they're on their shit. Their their focus point is their their craft, their practice. That's all they're worried about. They can't take an hour out of their day to teach law. For, for free to like 30 black kids? Like, is that really a hard thing to do? I don't have the knowledge to do it, but if I did, I mean, I think that would be something that would be resourceful. Or a politician. Instead of these politicians always going to these white schools, talking to these white kids, why not go to actual, you know, lower income schools? Like, I don't, I'm getting tired of seeing 97 9 in the box at, at these black schools. Like, at Jack Yates. Yeah, you know, like, Wheatley. I don't give a damn. Like, I don't, these kids don't need more hip hop. These these kids don't need that. Kids need these kids actually need something that's gonna get them somewhere. I'm not knocking 97 on the box or these hip hop radio stations for going to these black schools, but that shit is not doing anything as far as bring bring somebody with you. Yeah, I mean y'all just sitting there twerking with the kids and and y'all just having fun with the kids. In all seriousness, when you're at school, the uh, this the 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 purpose of school, low key, is seriousness. Like. School is a serious place. There is a time and place for fun. And you got your pet violence and stuff like that. All that's cool, but it's just like, if you're really bringing a resource into the school, you're. it's not, how do I say this? When a school is reaching out to a radio station to do something like that, that's a charitable event. And all I'm saying is, when you're gonna, if you're going to do that, make it worthwhile, and it's not just to celebrate sports. That's all I'm saying. Like, Really reach out to, to Sylvester Turner to get him to come to Yates. 
to talk to the kids to let him know why he wanted to be the mayor of Houston. I mean, like have a genuine career day yeah, where you bring in people no from different and and like I really didn't want to get deep into this and we've already gotten pretty deep into mm-hmm. this. But it's like just have people from different backgrounds and 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 different, you know, career paths come in. It's like, oh, you know, here's a black lawyer, here's a, a white doctor, here's exactly. a, a, you know, just a show Asian people that you, Yeah, just show people that you can do whatever. Like, you know, it's out there. Yeah. And and, and stop and like and I I'm just getting to the point where I'm just so tired of people trying to to it's, I mean, you got people trying to groom these sports athletes and these hip hop stars and these these Vine stars and social media sensations and I'm still I'm still looking at it like it's not hard to push your kid in the direction of an actual scholar, an actual man of letter. Like actually put these kids in a position to actually be smart and not just want to just use their hands or their their speed. Like come on, man. Like that's what's really killing us. Because at the end of the day, we're mad at the NFL, but we 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 killed ourselves to get there. We're mad at the NBA, but we killed ourselves to get there. We killed ourselves to get to these places where it's white-owned, it's white-dominated, and we're sitting there looking like, oh, we support Diddy buying the NFL. Okay, Diddy buys the NFL. What's your, what, what did you say earlier? What's next? What's next? He's just going to align himself with a bunch of Diddy, Jews. Diddy buying the NFL does nothing about Colin Kaepernick protesting police mm-hmm. brutality. Nothing. Nothing at all. Nothing at all. It's, it's, Those are two unrelated topics. I mean, we had the Harlem Globetrotters. We had the ABL. We had the AFL, I think. I, th- I don't know. I just made that up. Yeah, you did but, make but, that up. Uh, definitely, uh, it was African uh, African American baseball league. What was it called? The Negro Leagues. Negro Leagues. Wow. Crazy. I know. Wow. That's why I'm, it should have been the African American league. Well, your hotel. We, we was Negroes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we were Negroes. Negroes we were Negroes. But uh, we had our black owned, you know, sports teams and shit like that. We wanted to be with the whites. We, we, we wanted equality. We wanted equality. We, yeah, we and and, and when, once you came into it, when, once integration came, we lost power. And people just people don't want to accept that no more. They want to act like that never existed. The, and this generation right here wants to act or pretend like they're smarter than the older generation. But at the end of the day, the older generation at that time had a reason for wanting to be that way. I see why the the millennials and kids today want to separate themselves. From white people, but at the end of the day, what's gonna happen next? Like, y'all still wanna go club with white people. Y'all still wanna y'all still wanna get hired by by uh, at jobs where it's white dominated. Like, people were telling me about how white women are. Always, I mean, black women are often in, in situations where they're the only um, minority in the office. I'm like, well, you went to school for four years and you wanted that job. Uh, you didn't know that was gonna be the case. Like, like you kind of knew when you were sitting in that classroom and there was 40 of y'all in that classroom and it was only one black dude in there, an Asian kid, and maybe another black girl in there with you. Like, you could have probably kind of saw where your career path was going to take you as far as demographics were going to go. Just saying. And you got to understand that that's okay. That's life. That's okay. You you have to, even in, in my aspects, I look around, I'm like, you know, damn, there's not too many black people in this room. I'll be okay. I'm okay. I'll be okay. You know, like I here, I need to set the standard. Since I'm the only one in here, or it's only me, her, him, and her, we need to set the standard. And so oftentimes, even in my job, when when it comes to complaining, and you know, it was like, oh well, who's which coworkers are slacking? Which it, it's, it's, it's the niggas. 
Like, like, it's like, damn, come on, y'all. Like, <laughs> y'all niggas tripping. Y'all tripping. <laughs> like, damn, it's, it's never, they never say this to white people. It's like, it's like, I'm always niggas. And then I look at them, it's like, damn, y'all niggas is slacking. <laughs> I can't even go to bat for y'all because y'all slacking. Hey, shit, Now I'm shit. looking all, now I'm over here busting my ass because I can't be one of y'all niggas. I got to be a different nigga. Yeah, straight up, straight up. And it's funny, it's not that white people do their job better than us. It's just that white people bullshit better than us at times. They do. That's really our bullshit is, is obvious and <laughs> out there. We Bruh, got our phone all the way out and shit. We done brought an iPad to work. Nigga, what you got an iPad at work for, my nigga? Watch they movie. give you a computer. Watching Netflix. They don't want the company to see that. It's like, damn, if you're going to text somebody, you know, hit it under the table, do it right quick, put your phone up. Once again, you fought. You studied long for those. You studied long hours to get that degree, to get that job you were in. Bro, my phone does not vibrate. It actually doesn't vibrate at all because I I, I said it like that for work so that when I'm getting text messages or I'm getting emails, you know, my phone isn't on the desk just vibrating away. Mm-hmm. And I have my watch, my mm-hmm. Apple Watch. So, like, I'm not going to that phone unless I have to. So, people's like, oh, Jay over there, you know, getting his work done, which I am. But, you know, if I go to my phone, it's like, damn, phone keep vibrating. Keep Because, vib-. you know, some we work in a group setting. Most of us sit at a table at my job. So, oh, at, at one table. So, if the phone vibrates, everybody knows. So, like, damn, Jay's phone been vibrating all day. It's yeah. starting to annoy people. Yeah. Damn. So, I don't want to be that guy. So, I keep my phone on solid. It doesn't vibrate. Cause I don't, I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. Speaking of Apple Watches, to me it's weird. I mean, uh, how much is Apple Watch? Uh, you can get an entry level for about three fifty. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. I'm gonna be honest with you. I didn't know that because I never really just had a whole, a, you know, a huge interest in getting one. But I, it'd be funny to me when I see people like, oh, we were at HEB the other day. And I seen the cashier had a, I mean, she had just started. I'm yeah. Like, oh yeah, I seen. And that. she had an Apple Watch on. I'm just kind of like, I mean, that was, that, was, her. that was white privilege. That's why she had that watch. I wanted to. Yeah, I was like, I mean, I was just like, uh, one time I was a politician that, that was uh, defending Trump as far as insurance, the health plans and shit, and he was like, "Well, people could uh, afford iPhones and uh, they can't afford insurance." And I was like, "I mean, that's not. I mean, obviously that wasn't politically correct, but it's like, eh, uh, understandable. Like, like." I see you got this seven hundred dollar phone, but you tripping by the insurance that's gonna probably cost you seventy dollars a month. Yeah, just saying, man. Like, I kind of see shit like that, and this is a white woman, and I'm, I'm talking about the black community, but I'm looking at a younger white girl, maybe mid twenties. No, she ap- she wasn't even that old. Okay, she had to be like a teenager. Okay, so her parents probably bought it for yeah, her. Yeah, but it's just but that's just a waste though. Like that that she. She could have probably used that for driver's ed or something. Just, a, I mean, just to boost her and put her in a situation where she could probably get her own vehicle. Who knows? I just feel yeah. like an Apple Watch isn't, wasn't necessary. It, it probably wasn't necessary. It might have been a birthday gift. Okay, they, yeah, they true, true, true. They might have just been well off, but it's like, okay, but you still need a job. You need to have this work experience. Of course, experience. of course. So, you know, I, you know, I, 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 I just can't judge said, that book from that cover. I'm not, yeah. not judging I just, I just kind of find it weird that we live in a society today where Necessities just don't seem like necessities anymore. I no, just feel need, like the, the Apple Watch need, is not needs a and wants are, are not the same thing. And anymore. even when you look at gifts, a lot of times, even when I was growing up, a lot of your gifts kind of made sense. Like it put you in a position to where, okay, I got a bike when I was growing up. Now I ain't gotta walk every fucking where. I got video games in the house because I have a system, so I need to accumulate more games so I can have more fun. I just kind of feel like a lot of shit that's being built today or in a that are being cherished today are low-key useless at times. Because it's like, 
you got an Apple Watch, I mean, yes, Apple Watch is a luxury, bro. Like, oh, definitely, it's a definite luxury. So, it, I mean, it's not like living in Texas and having AC in your car. Like, <laughs> that's a necessity. That's a necessity, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, I can go on for days, but because and also when I was looking at um, uh, for people out there that don't know, I mean, Houston is still recovering from Harvey. Like, there's still places that you're gonna go to that are still shut down, still closed. Libraries totally closed. Um, Homes with sheetrock on the front yard. Still, like there still hasn't been uh there still haven't been bids completed to where neighborhoods haven't had the large pickups yet. So you're still riding through neighborhoods right now, and like you said, you're seeing people's whole lives in their front yards till this day. I, I did that yesterday, matter of fact. You know, so and I'm saying that to say when when I was looking at you know some of the interviews and just reading some stuff. People were talking about the things that they cherished the most. And a lot of times, it was just simply making sure that their kids were okay, making sure that they got their documents, birth certificates, social security cards, and stuff like that. Things that are hard to replace compared to an Apple Watch, uh, uh, a, a phone, or trying to kill yourself to save your car, or save a laptop, or... You know, breaking your back to try to raise the couch up on the counter when it was just it was just, the water was finna get too high anyway. TVs. I mean, as you get older, and you're able to, you know, you realize what's important. After even whether you have your shit together or not, you realize the value of things. And I, as as you realize the value of things, I think more people in whatever community will be more mindful of how they spend money. And uh, and that's just trickling back to the point of I, I wanted to ask about financial freedom because I feel like it's hard for us to be financially free when a lot of things that we confuse with necessities, you know, get purchased and or just wants. Just you know, they're just they're just wants. Like I don't I don't need to get my hair cut every week. I, you don't need to get your nails done every if you can every afford week, it, every two weeks. If you can, you can afford, afford it, it, you can afford it. Because you, you can buy it. You can buy it twice. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. And, it, and even with that situation, with that conversation, I still, I'm still able to move into the fact that, you know, we have needs and wants. And even in relationships today, people fail to realize that before you got into this relationship, whatever relationship you're getting into, you get into this relationship for a certain feeling. And once you get that feeling, I feel like it's hard for people to just live with the ideal that this feeling is enough. Because once people get that feeling, they're like, okay, it needs to. Uh, I need to put some ice cream on top of it. Now I need to put some whipped cream on top of it. Now I need to put some sprinkles and, and a cherry on top. But at the same time, it's like, what was wrong with how it was? What motivated you to look at this relationship and say, Okay, I need more. I need more. I mean, when is the the uh, philosophy of I need more a bad thing when you're talking about relationships? Because I think that damages a lot of relationships too. I I, I agree because you can get to the point where I think I think people's I need more comes from the feeling, the societal feeling that they need to progress. Progress and to what? You're already exactly. happy. That, exactly. You can you can be happy and still want more, and you can be happy and want too much more. That's greed. That's a huge problem in society today, greed. Like in some relationships, you can be, hey, you know, we have this apartment, we're happy, we live together, we have each other, whoop de whoop, we're fine. But and that could be cool for some people, but then some people are like, no, nah, we need to get this house. 
All right, say, cool. And and then people say, yeah, well, you know, the how, uh, apartment rent is about the same as, as as a mortgage these days. That might be true, but when you have a house, you have homeowners insurance. You probably have an HOA. You got to pay money. You have a to. front yard. You have a front yard. You gotta, <laughs> you either got to take care of it, which means you got to buy lawn stuff, or yep. you got to pay somebody to yep. do it. Which means, and you don't have a maintenance company anymore nope. where you just pay thirty five dollars. So if something breaks, it's on you. Yep. Those it's add, on you. Those yeah. add up. It's it, on it's, you. It costs it costs more to put lights in the house than it does in yep. the apartment. It costs um, more for cable probably because you're gonna have. TV is in one, Multiple two, three, rooms. four rooms yep. instead of the two that you have now. Yep. So, yes, you might be paying the same for the dwelling, but those additional fees add on. They add the fuck up. And, and if you're staying in Houston, you know you better have certain types of insurance. Just like if you stay in California, you're going to need certain types of insurance you that low, we might not know about. You damn near need everything in Houston. Right? Straight up now, yeah. You damn near need and, everything. And you can't take that chance of saying, oh, I live in an area that doesn't flood often. Shit. Often. I know it only takes one time. It only takes one fucking time. Just like when you messing with that chick, it only take one time. It is what it is. But um, oh, I said chick. Should I have said female? Oh, I can't say female either. That's why I say female. It's it's an insult. So should I say woman? Woman. I don't even think I can say that. I don't even know. I don't even know what. Should the, we ask Cam Newton? Ex, we should. We should. First of all, should we ask Cam Newton? <laughs> we shouldn't ask Cam Newton anything. <laughs> cause, cause he can't, he can't do right, bro. Cam messes up so many interviews, so many, and it's kind of like you, you, Cam, just you, just bro, just dumb it down, bro. Keep it simple. Don't just, dumb just, it. just don't be you. <laughs> like literally, just don't be you. And and I, we had we had, of course we had this in the barbershop debate. We were talking about it. It was me, Jay, Mark, and Brad. And you know they say, oh well, I don't. That's not that's not bad. You know you called a female. That's not bad. It's like for us, no, that's not bad. Mm-hmm. Like if a woman called me a male, mm-hmm. you know I wouldn't be offended. I am a male. You know you broke it down to the very level of my species. But at the end of the day, I do. When it says male or female, I mark male. It doesn't say male, female, man, woman, boy, Negro. You know, I mark male because that's what I am. Yes. So the last time I checked, for us, that's no issue. No. But when you're in today's society, when everything is an issue, and you're on a platform like Cam Newton is, Mm -hmm. and then it's like you know. And then they's like, oh, you know, females asking me about running routes. You know, like, in in his delivery, it could have been taken a completely different way if he would deliver it. He could have been like, wow, you know, I've never had a a female ask me about um, running routes. You know, it's it's funny. You know, I've never had that happen. Like, just the question in general, you could have presented it like that. And I'm going to just take it back to the fact that we're in a country right now that when you talk about the NFL, it's either you're talking about, for a long time, you're either talking about concussions, and now you're talking about kneeling. So for Cam Newton to be standing up there to actually be getting legitimate questions about football, to me, was a shock as well. Because nine times out of ten, when you get an NFL star or anybody on the fucking platform, they're asking about this dumbass kneeling shit or they're talking about something that has nothing to do with the actual football game. So regardless if she was a female or a male or not, I think his actual shock came into the fact that She's asking me legitimate questions right now, mm-hmm. and this hasn't happened in a long time. And I'm tired of people trying to tell other people what their experiences are. We have friends that do that. They'll remain nameless, but we have friends that sit there and say, 
oh, well, this happened, this happened, this happened while that person was alive. Well, guess what? That person probably wasn't paying attention or didn't give a damn. And that's his issue. Yeah. You cannot give somebody else. You can't just plant experiences in somebody else and think because they were on this earth that they should be aware. Guess what? Some people live under a rock. Just being real. Some I mean, people live some, under a rock. Some people's priority levels are way yeah. different. Some people focus on their own world. There are people right now that are walking around right now that can give a fuck about the NFL kneeling because it shit's irrelevant to them. It's not affecting their world. You think you think the warlords in Chicago are worried about what's going on in Iran? No. 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 They're worried about their territory. They're making sure niggas don't are moving in on their territory, still their drugs, or fuck with their people in their community. Because people are worried. The pe- that is what I tell you all the time. That it's, it's so many things wrong with America. But minding your motherfucking business is <laughs> definitely one of them. And I'm gonna say this: that is that has been America's problem for years. Straight up, from, I, I gotta from go, the government level to the to the to the man on the floor. We gotta go over here and fix North North Korea, South Korea, because they're not getting along. It's not your goddamn business. It's not your goddamn business. We gotta make sure over, over here in the Middle East is, is, is good. Only, it's only your business because you want that oil. Other than that, that's not your business. That is not your fucking the, business. Nobody in this world is coming over here and saying. Yo, United States, y'all got this police brutality thing all messed up, but we need to come over here and fix this for y'all. I wish he would. Come over here and fix it if you want to. I'm just saying, man, my neighbor, they have, you know, I've seen them having some issues in their front yard. But my my neighbors are having a domestic dispute. I'm, I'm not going to the house. I'm going to the house behind my business because I ain't trying to get shot. I'm not, that ain't my business. And then somebody will come back and tell you, oh, you know, that's a problem. You know, mind your business. You, you should learn to help. No. I'm not helping anybody that doesn't concern my personal well-being. Because at the end of the day, it's a lot of people. What do they say? The the, uh, the road to uh, good intentions is, you know. The road to good intentions is paved with. Um, it's, it's, some, it's some shit that makes me not want to be intentionally good sometimes. Yeah. I, that's all I know. I forget the quote. I always forget the quote. But either way it goes, sometimes it's a good thing to, to, keep, to keep your nose out of shit. Because. Until you get to your to the point where you're 60, 70 years old and you're rocking chair on your on your patio, just being extra nosy, calling the cops on people for no reason, that's one thing. But you're still the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Shit. Hmm. I didn't even know that's how it went. Like yeah, I thought it was neat. different. It was yeah. Huh. Yeah. Anyways, continue. Yeah, that's interesting. But um, hey, that makes a lot of sense though. But uh, yeah. Either way, I'm just saying like. Or your fucking business. The road to heaven is paved with bad intentions. That, that makes, makes sense too. Yeah. Because I mean, when you think about it, when it's, when, when the, the more bad you do, the more you try to focus on doing good. You know what I'm saying? So you know you pray it up. You know thoughts and prayers. You know you need those. Hey, you, you, you set it up for me, though. <laughs> you set it up. <laughs> See, this is this is one of those times where we were actually trying to fact check <laughs> instead of just throwing some stuff out there and just like yeah, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But but no, not so I don't lose my point. I love the fact that people care. But at the same time, you have to understand that there are limits and you, you gotta watch you you self preservation is very important. If we constantly were acting like America, running all over the world trying to force democracy on people, we'd all be dead by now. Just saying. Very true. And Jamel Hill is learning that quote like a motherfucker because at the end of the day, her intentions are her intentions were, in my eyes, were to, to spread awareness of the fact that Donald Trump is this type of person. We live in a country that's unfair to blah, blah, blah. Now she's too, she, you know, she's two weeks suspended. And, and as far as I'm concerned, 
she's realizing that the only people that are really on her side are are probably black women and some black people and and maybe some black feminists here and there, but there are a lot more people that are against her than are for her than are for her. And people, if they if they stop looking when they're looking at like statistics and stuff, people not not necessarily statistics, but looking at opinions, people only focus on the opinions that they agree with. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know I can go to the shade room and baller alert and I'm gonna find you know people that's gonna agree with me there. But you're not looking at the bigger scope. Like you got to go to these other pages or actually walk outside and talk to people and realize it ain't a lot of motherfuckers out there that that, that agree with y'all. No. Y'all are actually in the minority compared to the motherfuckers that are in the majority. But nobody knows that anymore because everybody is so focused on um, the opinions that they want to see rather than actually looking at opinions in a vast majority. But anyways. So, no good deed goes unpunished. That's that's pretty. It's it's that simple. If if it's seen as a good deed. If it's seen as a good deed. Yeah, you know, genuinely, I, I genuinely, like I say, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of Jamel Hill. That you know, I'm I'm not. I don't really care for a lot of these celebrities. But at the same time, I just think that they don't have that what's next mentality. They're not thinking about that. Like really, what's next? And and if you got to look at at your, at your job on on higher scale. You work for ESPN. That is a one in a million job. ESPN is man. owned by Disney. You can't be out here creating controversy for yeah, Disney. Not not the type not controversy and, they don't want. And even that, NFL Monday Night Football comes on ESPN. I believe it does. Which is owned by Disney. Yes, that, which, which means, is a fact. Which means when you tell them to boycott... Something that's making them money? They on your ass. You tripping, tripping. For real. Good Lord. Man. But hey, I can only imagine what's next for her. Cause I know they already know what's next for, her, but does she know what's next? So, like, she's on two strikes already. <sighs> yeah, real quick too, real quick. But anyways, um, man, what? I sell ice in the winter. I sell fire in hell. I am a hustler, baby. I sell water to the what? Hope. Last night, Jay Z made me feel like I lost ninety two bricks. Came all the way back. I married Beyonce, put three babies in her. I started my own record label. I bought half of the Brooklyn Nets, all in about an hour and a half. He did a good job. All in about an hour. He and did half. a good job. I didn't get that into it. Consumed it. I felt. I felt like I sold. I lost ninety two bricks. Uh huh. Uh huh. And got it back in a week's time. Okay. Okay. Pretty I haven't sold drugs a day in my life, but I lost ninety two bricks you, last night. You did last night. You lost ninety two bricks last night. last night. He was on it, man. He was on it. And you can, this is how you can tell Jay-Z getting old. Jay-Z was out there sweating. <laughs> that nigga was tired, bro. That nigga was tired, dog. I was like, he had I mean, his, his sweatpants, a t-shirt, a trucker hat. He was comfortable as fuck, dog. He was comfortable. Like, man. you know what? I'm right there. You know what? Give me that Rolex, couple of those chains. I'm hip hop. I'm old man, dog. I'm not talking old man. That, I mean, that's why I said about the M, that Eminem freestyle. I'm like, that nigga need to do some cardio because I see, <laughs> I see the age, bro. Like that delivery was trash. And like, don't get me wrong, lyrically, I mean, he's always going to be, you know, superior to a lot of people. But uh, them niggas old, bro. They old. I, I'm, 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 I'm happy to see the old heads still making an impact twenty years into their careers. But who are they making an impact on? Nobody. Because, I mean, no, no, they're making an impact on us because no, 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 we grew up on them. But, no. like, the impact beyond that, like, My let's... My bad, not impact, let, influence. Like, okay. I don't really, I don't honestly, dog, they've been rapping about this shit 
a lot of the songs that Jay Z was rapping yesterday were from 2002, 2003, and his lyrics were pro black then. So how influential are his lyrics rather than his appearance? Niggas just want to look like Jay and talk like Jay, but they don't want to think like him. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's true. It's a like, So yeah, they have an impact on society as far as you know swag and 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 culture, but as far as you know actually being influential, I'm starting to think like, man, like maybe they're not so influential. Maybe they're just more of you know I'm only gonna take what I want, sort of like the Bible. People see that you know people read the Bible, they just take bits and pieces out of it to support their agenda. And that's pretty much how they've been doing hip-hop for a long time. Because I can take you back to, to 2005, 2006, Lupe, listening to Food and Liquor, and he was ta- he was saying shit on there that I was like, it kind of slipped my mind. I'm like, dog, this nigga was talking about the Flint water crisis in 2006. He was talking about police brutality in 2006, and Trayvon Martin hadn't even happened yet. You know what I'm saying? Jay Z on American Gangsters says, "Own boss, own yacht, own your masters, your slaves. The mentality I carry with me to this very day. Fuck rich, let's get wealthy. Who else gonna feed we? Financial freedom. Already, you've been talking about it since 2008. Was that was that when American Gangster came I out? Think so that was almost 10 years ago when American Gangster came out. Yeah. So he's just regurgitating the same information. Still a bad. Oh hell yeah! Classic. Come on, man, block that shit. Classic. Block that shit. <laughs> so Packer, come on, man. But that's what I'm saying, though. So, financial freedom, minding your own fucking business, education, actually listening, actually observing. Those are but, major but problems. Sit, but sitting here thinking it. about it, financial freedom takes sacrifice. Who's willing to take that sacrifice? Who's willing to miss the next three iPhones to get their shit together? Say that again. Who's willing to make the next? Not this. Not this. Just not just this iPhone. The next three iPhones to, to get, get your, shit. your shit together. Because three iPhones at the price they are now, that's thirty five hundred dollars almost to get your shit together. I'm missing the next three iPhones. You know what? I'm a, I'm not gonna go get a new car. I'm gonna pay this one off, yeah. and then I'm gonna take that four or five hundred dollars and bankroll that. Now I got an extra four or five hundred dollars in income that I can redistribute, that I can invest. Who knows how to fucking invest? My Come aunt, on, man. My aunt is a real estate agent. They got, I don't want to cut you off. They have some easy ass invest apps now. Like, I remember there's one that takes your change. Acorn. 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 Come on, man. Like, just takes whatever change you have in your bank account from that day, it takes it and invests it for you. And I'm going to just throw this out there. For, I'm not, I don't mean to put my business out there like that. I don't really care. But, like, for me personally, for me to be a single parent, like, somebody was asking me, like, you know, what's a way that I save? I, tell, I told somebody the other day, like, I don't have a 401k. I have a 401k, but I don't have a 401k. Meaning that shit means nothing to me. Yeah. Meaning 20 years from now, when that 401k is able to be pulled, that shit is going to go straight to my son regardless. It's, I, don't, it's not, I don't need it. It's mm-hmm. not mine. So I know people that pull from their 401k after like five years. Like, get that shit out your mind. Like, it's extra. It's, you, you donated to it. It is what it is. You don't need it then. You don't, you don't need it now. Just buckle down. Just, <laughs> you, that's a sacrifice I was willing to make because to me, it just sets my son up better. It sets my kids up better. You know, it just, it makes sense to me. But yeah, what's your real estate agent, ain't he said? She goes, and she's a real estate agent. My uncle, he's a he's a car dealer. He is a manager at a car dealership. And she was, ta- when I was house shopping, she was taking me around looking at houses. And she was like, you know, she's like, you think you think uh, me and your Uncle Tino made all our money off, off those cars? I said, I don't know. Why you made your money? She said, nah. She say, as she say, I invest in properties, and I hold on to those properties as long as I can. Even when I see that they're coming up, 
She's like, I'm, I know they coming up, so I keep on holding on to them. And then when I can't manage them anymore, or I got too much on my plate, or it's time to reinvest, I let them go. She said, but as long as the banker keep giving me money, and they know by looking at my credit, looking at my business, know that I'm a flipper. She's like, I've been, I've been doing real estate 15, 15 years. She's like, you know, I know this back and backwards and forwards. And she's saying the banks and my credit report, my bank statements, they all show that I can support this. Say they'll lend me the money all the time, and I'm making them money, and they making me money. Damn. I mean, as much as you, as much as we're being used, you might as well use somebody back. Yeah, yeah. That's that's another issue, man. Right there, like it, it, it's more of a it's more of a handout uh, mentality that we have rather than. I'm gonna play chess with you and try to figure out how to get more get more out of you, rather than just let's just protest and cry. I, like I know if you're giving me this, you have more, because you're not gonna give me your all. Real talk, man. It's, it's too much money in this society, man. I don't I don't care. I don't want to focus on the spending power of just the black community. The spending power of America in general is ridiculous, and this is a big ass big ass cookie that's waiting to be uh, bitten into, and you just have to have the the plan, you know, put together. And you, and you and like, like what JC was saying, man. That nigga was like, man, you got a dream, dog. Like the shit is possible. If you have a dream, it is possible. But the thing that makes it feel impossible is because some of the closest people to you aren't willing to actually buckle down with you and and invest in you, or y'all aren't willing to invest into each other. Y'all will go club with each other. Y'all will gossip with each other. But when it comes to actually putting business plans together with with, with people you call your friends. No, it's I'm, I'm, it's, believe, I'm it's, believing you that much. Yeah, and, and it's sad. Niggas believe in everybody else, but they homeboys and they homegirls. Because I know, I mean, I guarantee you more than likely that breakfast uh, joint we went to today, I guarantee you that's mostly family. Oh, yeah, definitely. I doubt those are friends. Definitely. Those, that's, that's a family that started that business. And I think it was uh, it started by a veteran. So but, I'm guessing he probably got a military grant. But, but also with that, you got to treat family right, too. Of course. You can't just have your family in a busting ass. And then checks come in, you don't pay them because of their family. What's the, what's one of the most powerful black families in America? As far as not not most powerful, but the most they did it the right way compared in the past 20, 30 years. They did it the right way. And they don't get talked about a lot. The Wayans, man. Uh, Keenan Keenan put everybody. He put his on. whole family and on. Why has it why has it the black community mirrored his concept? Of man, do how the fuck they all comedians? That all make of sense. them. All of them. That makes no sense. Even even the the next generation. Yeah, that nigga. Oh, oh, what was that movie? Uh, the cops. Him and the old yeah. Let's be cops. Let's be cops. The yeah. dude's funny. Yeah. he's actually funny. It's like it's not. It's not. That's not. That can't be hereditary genes or some shit like that. They just. It's got to miss somebody. They but put a plan together and they executed the shit and he believed in them. It's like. Keenan's going to get on. He's going to put Marlon on. He's going to put Sean on. What's, what was the other sister? Is it Kim? It's Kim. Damon. She, she was on. Damon was on. Like, I think it was only one that missed. It was one in that generation that missed. I think but I, I think I think missed being funny. Probably. I think, I think business-wise. Business-wise, he's probably still straight. Yeah. But, um, man, that's just crazy, though. Like, we obsess over everything else in our community. But Wayans don't get a lot of love, bro. No. And they was and they was pioneers. Pioneers and they was they they took black to the essence like they was black in living color on Fox. Come on, man, you can get this corny ass Tyler Perry shit. The Wayans brothers, bro, that classic. shit was black. It was it it was black and it felt black. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, I, don't, I hate to say that, but it's the truth, though. Like, I felt like I was watching some niggas. But <laughs> like, I this is something that, that I would no exactly do. I would yeah. I would do this exactly. Yeah, I don't feel that way anymore when I watch a black sitcom. I'm like, and I'm not knocking black But, but also, I see, the, I see the progression. Like, in the Carmichael show, I seen a stable black family. Like, you know, since the Cosbys, we didn't see stable black families. Understandable. Stable black families. I'm So I'm seeing that now. But other than the Carmichael but show, what else can I say? The I'm, Carmichael show is with old girl, right? Um, Amber Stevens West, Lorel, <laughs> Jamar, um, Gerard Carmichael, and My mom Tiffany. Was show. Um, was it Tiffany Had Hadish 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 Tiffany Hadish Hadish? Yeah, yeah. My mom yeah. watched that show. I'm not knocking all black sitcoms across the board, but I'm just saying those aren't families that are putting that shit together. I'm talking about nigga. This is the Wayans. Yeah, they put, they, yeah. They they they, 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 they built it. They built it. You know, this wasn't this wasn't white people that came together. It's like, hey, I got this black show for you. This exactly. Like, like, I got I got the show. Like, for where's Tyler Perry family at? That's what I'm saying. It's just Tyler Perry. Why he ain't put his whole family on? I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. I don't I don't, I don't know enough about Tyler. Oprah Perry. Winfrey. Where the Winfrey's at? Bro, oh, she's oh, solo Oprah dolo. Had, Oprah had a tough life. She's solo dolo though. I, and I think Oprah did it right being solo dolo. She got her shit's fucked up like that. I don't know much about her. Bro, uh, Chicago or not? She was she was raped at nine by a family member. Then she was molested, and again by family members. She got pregnant at like twelve or fourteen. Baby died. Her brother died of AIDS. They gave one of her sisters up for adoption. Like, where are these people? Like, so, so I mean, her whole family's just. I don't dead. know. If, I don't know if she went back and got them, but like. Yeah, I mean, so she's pretty much just on petty level. It's, 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 uh, she no, you can't be petty when you when you worth like two billion. You can be the pettiest when you're two billion. No, no, huh? you get a pass. Oh, okay. You get a pass. Damn. Yeah. So that's all I need to do. Yeah, get two billion. Get two billion. Then you're not petty. You're okay. not petty. You're just rich. You're just rich. You're wealthy. You can do petty things, okay. but you're not petty. Okay. You know, like like me being black, I can do white things. But I'm not white, you know. Yeah, that's very true. So you can do petty things, but you're not gonna be petty. Okay, so only poor people are petty. Only poor people are petty. That makes sense. That does make sense though, because poor people, poor people have the time. Yeah, that's it. It makes sense. Poor, they have the time and seven hundred dollar iPhones. <laughs> seven hundred dollar iPhones and bad, bad eating habits. And bad eating habits. Godly. Seven hundred dollar iPhones and McDonald's diets. Wow. 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 So backwards, and then once again, we're not speaking from high and mighty. I'm, I'm realizing my flaws as well too. As I as I as I grow as I grow up, and as I've grown up, I realize my flaws too, and I start checking myself. So it's only right for me to to talk into this microphone and just you know just point out the ills of society week in week in week out because it's like I'm not trying to change y'all. I'm just trying to inform y'all and let y'all see reality because a lot of times when y'all not listening to this podcast, when y'all doing something else, y'all not thinking about these things. Y'all just trying to keep up with the latest Netflix show. Y'all just trying to keep up with the latest gossip, the latest trend, the latest whatever the wave is. That's cool and all, but eventually, what's going to happen? What's next when that shit stops? What's going to happen when the government takes away your, your phone privileges or your internet privileges like they did in, in, China. in, in China? You know, what's going to happen when, when uh, the black community or communities across the board, there, is no, there are no more birth control options there is no no abortion option anymore. The welfare system totally crashes. What's gonna happen then? Just saying. 
Bro, I'm like like you said, I'm not speaking from a high and mighty place because I have a seven hundred dollar iPhone and I have eight McDonald's within the past seven days. Oh, I would have ate McDonald's today if you didn't found that breakfast joint. Say, bro. I would have oh, got me. I like McDonald's breakfast. That oatmeal hits the, the spot. oatmeal is the truth. It's the spot. The oatmeal but is the truth. I I'm not telling you to sell drugs. No. Hove did that. So hopefully none of y'all would have to do that. Very true. He sacrificed himself. Sacrifice. To become uh, uh, almost a billionaire. You know. He is a billionaire, right? Him and Beyonce together are billionaires. Together. Okay. And there's no such thing as a good billionaire. I'm cute. That's a, that's a, that's a legit line. That's, that's legit. You can call me whatever you want to. I know I'm cute. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You can call. Look, you can call me whatever you want to. Uh-huh. But when I walk into the bank, they call me Mr. Brooks. That's real. That's real. That's real. I don't walk into the bank as much as you do, but. Yeah, I walk to the bank quite often. <laughs> On a weekly basis, right? Well, it, would it be in 2017 and me being able to make just direct deposits from my phone? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm pretty sure yeah. that the IT guy on the other side is well aware of who I am. Goddamn millennial. <laughs> hey, I, hey, this is what it is. I take advantage, man. Mm-hmm. But when the technology crashes, I, what I'm going to do next, I'll walk back into the bank again. I will, I will take advantage of snail mail if I have to. Hey. But uh, on, the, on the last topic that I want to touch on, um, I think... Uh, Aside from getting your shit together, I wonder. I, I've noticed that it's it's hard for people to get their shit together after they go through breakups, and um, and I've realized that a, a trend that we have going on in the past three to four years is you you break up and you pretty much the first thing you go to is social media and you want to present to social media that you're happy. Um, I believe that that can cause psychological issues down the line because you're not really facing the demon. You're no. Not really, you're not really... You're, you're, you're trying to mask something. And I feel like a lot of times when you mask something, it's, it's, there is no healing. I don't know. I haven't personally dealt with a breakup that was bad enough for me to necessarily need to mask it. With you know, like I've always talked about, you know, you don't need to go to drinking, you don't need to start clubbing heavily, um, you don't need to, you honestly don't need to go into the church and, and and get a bunch of lies told to you. I think no matter what, I mean, everybody has their own way of dealing with things, but um, I just feel like definitely social media is one that's kind of whack. But hey, it is what it is. I just, I just really one day. Um, if we ever have a guest on here that have that's been to been through a breakup, uh, I just really just want to get their perspective on, you know, what their methods were, or what their method is to how they handled that breakup. I just didn't want to forget that thought because uh, I know we're gonna have a guest um, in the you know the next few weeks. In all honesty, we'll probably have consecutive guests just because the year is closing. But definitely when we close out the year, it'll just be us two again. But, Basically, what he's saying is that we know that y'all are tired of just listening to us. Oh, so definitely. Bring somebody in just imagine if you actually turned on the No Boundaries podcast and you only heard me for a whole hour. That would be torture. And at this at this time, me and you are basically just becoming one entity. So it's don't, becoming mm, torture. Don't say it's that. okay, man. It's Besides, okay. We're one. Yeah. We're one. It's okay. I just got sick all over again. <laughs> Did you hear that? How, what, what other time we got, man? We got all the time in the world. We really do. Live from Austin. Basically. Live from Austin, Texas. Basically. ACL. Hey. Chance to but tonight, night. young channel from 79th. That nigga gonna have a nice little show, man. I think Foot on the devil's cool. neck till it drift to Pangea. I'm moving on my friend from Chattanooga, Zambia. 
She don't know about Pangea. She don't know about Pangea. <laughs> she don't know about Pangea. Bro, Lil Dicky is talented. He's very talented. But at the same time, with him being so talented, with him being a Jew, and with him going a direction that the, the system doesn't want hip-hop to go into, he was ahead of his time, low-key. And like I said, his album isn't great, but it's as good as any I've heard in the past three or four years. And that's including, like, even my boy Amine, um, even A Boogie with the hoodie. Like, them niggas don't have great albums. They have good albums. It's something that you can listen to. And uh, I think in this generation of hip-hop, it's pretty good when I've heard niggas that really, they can only put out about a seven-track EP. That's, that's their talent level. As a lot of the great albums that we're getting this day and age are coming from our old heads. Definitely. Or our more conscious rappers, like yes. your Kendrick. Kendrick and J. Cole. I, even though I don't think J. Cole's last album was was great, but I I definitely... I, I get where he was going with yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's done better than that. Yeah. And um, I think I think the marketing behind it was, was great. <laughs> that was the great part, but the actual album, nah, it wasn't, it wasn't great to me. I mean, just like, I mean, I'm a huge Eminem fan. It's, I believe he is the greatest rapper of all time. And I will argue with you to the grave on that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I'm willing to realize that Marshall Mathers LP Part 2 that won a Grammy that people don't talk about, <laughs> that nigga did not deserve that Grammy. But hey, he got it. I don't know who his competition was. I forgot who it was that year, but I kind of think, I want to say Common dropped the album that year. It probably was better. And I mean, I like comments. There was albums that dropped that year. I want to say Life of Pablo probably dropped that year. I think, but that shit wasn't great at all. That nigga snorted a line before he did that album. I don't know what the fuck that nigga was thinking. Uh, and in my personal opinion, I think Drake has one classic album and two great albums. Other than that, he just has a string of good albums. Well, when we when we bring Mr. Mr. Christian Franks on here, you know, later this year, we'll talk about Southside Chris. Yeah, yeah, we'll talk about hip hop albums more because we're gonna have to define. I, I'm really be honest with you. I think putting the top twenty five list together is almost impossible. Definitely, I have a life. I, I'm, <laughs> I, it's gonna be hard for me to do it. So I think the platform of that show is really gonna be going back to back on what we think great is and what we think good is mm-hmm. because I definitely beg to differ when I hear you say anything about Drake. Drake hasn't put out anything great to me, except maybe one. Drake has he has a classic album. Like I said, I, that's it's a perspective. I mean, we'll we'll, we'll get into it yeah, though. We'll yeah, get into it. We'll get into it. <laughs> yeah, because well, I'm like ah, uh, because for me, I don't think J Cole is top Friday Night Lights. I'm still waiting for him to do it. He has a top Friday Night Lights. I can see that. It, it, as far as, as we'll, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. Let's <laughs> but, get out of here. Let's remember, get out of here. We remember, breakups, festival. man. If you're out there and you've been through a breakup recently or you have a perspective on breakups. Coping with breakups. How do you with cope breakups? with breakups? Yeah, you know, I just want to know because uh, there are people that are going to that are going to come across that reality that their relationship is going to hit that plateau and they're going to break up. And I believe that we have enough listeners that we can get somebody to say, okay, I remember No Boundaries said something about breakups, and this is how I'm going to handle it, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, other than that, man, uh, remember, get your shit together. This is what the, this is what the, we're live from Austin, Texas. We're out here telling y'all to get y'all shit together, because that, that's all we want. Get your shit together. Side I don't have my shit together. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say, side note, but, my shit ain't together either. But I'm getting there. I'm trying. I'm, I'm working on it every other day. And other than that, my words of advice are, man, if you, if you, uh, if you're out, if you're, 
if you're going through anything in life, man, find some new music to listen to. And and if you're dealing with bullshit people, replace them with good music. That's all I got to say. That's why I'm out here. I'm trying to find good music. You're trying to replace bullshit people with good music. There you go. Um, my words, my words of advice come from my mom today. A, a conversation she had, we had. Mama Brooks. We were talking about life, and she says she just wants to have fun and eat cookies. There ain't nothing wrong with that, bro. I don't, I, don't, I, I, can't, I don't think that needs any further explanation. Right, like, wrong with that. have fun and eat cookies. You should see my car right now. I was eating cookies yesterday. And it's this guy, <laughs> this fucking toddler over here. <laughs> road trip, man. That's what you do on a road trip. You eat cookies. Drink energy drinks, you get on the general road. Even though it's a fucking two hour drive. But anyway, that's the Crossfire's road trip. Yeah, it's a road trip. Remember, my son said if it's not, if you don't have an RV, it's not a such trip. See, tell your son there's such things as necessities. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> nigga ain't buying no RV. The fuck I look like buying an RV? But I think it's $100,000. I don't know what he think I am. Be like, all right, son, you want me to buy this RV, but when I pull up to your gate, yeah, <laughs> it's RV. And, and this is your home and now. And this is your home. <laughs> Tripping. <laughs> but anyways. And with that being said, we're going to go back to ACL. Oh, yeah. I don't know what y'all going to do with y'all weekend, but we're going back to ACL. You know, and this has been the No Boundaries Podcast. And <sighs> Thank you for listening or not. Thank you for listening or not. Thank you for making it to the end. Whatever, I'm just going to press the stop button. But, ever since the dawn of civilization, people have craved for an understanding of the underlying order of the world. There ought to be something very special about the boundary conditions of the universe. And what can be more special than that there is no boundary?